Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gators Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Goodall. Make sure to throw me a follow on Twitter at Zach underscore Goodall, as well as my co-host Demetrius Harvey. You can find him at Demetrius82. Most importantly, go and follow the Locked On Gators handle at Locked On Gators. You can find all of our written content at Sports Illustrated's AllGators.com. And you can find that Twitter account at SI underscore All Gators. We are continuing on in what is a week of Florida less football. We are going to continue trying to break down the roster and what's an extended bye period, not even a bye week as such, more of a bye period for a while, just as we prepare for the team to come back. Because as we've said in our past couple episodes, we, you know, we'll see if they're ready to play on October 31st against Missouri. We're not even 100% sure if they'll be ready to do it by then. But until that point, we've decided it's best to go ahead and review what the entire roster looks like over three games. We're going to go position by position over the next couple of episodes just to Give fans a feel for what we think of the roster, what they can build upon moving forward, and what they need to improve upon to be a true contender. In tonight's episode, we're also going to be talking about a particular receiver who's been doing some some stuff on Twitter that makes you kind of scratch your head a little bit, wonder what's going on. That is Jacob Copeland. And we're going to talk about his role and what we expect out of him, what he's shown us so far, and what could happen moving forward, especially with his Twitter activity. And then we'll also be talking about changes that we would make on defense to the personnel. We Everyone's talked about getting more young guys on the field in a year where you can play more scholarship guys just you know, without having to worry about red shirts. So why not get more guys on the field to help your defense? Demetrius and I both have a guy that we'd like to drop. But we're going to go ahead and start off with Copeland. Now, for starters, we were expecting a lot from him this year. Dropping four receivers to the NFL draft, you'd figure he'd step up. And he's been a starter, but he's been pretty quiet so far. Yeah. Uh, first of all, what's up, everybody? I hope you enjoyed yesterday's episode of the Locked On Gators podcast. Obviously, we had a lot to talk about because, like Zach said, we're in a bi-weekly whatever period of time where there's no Gators football. But on to Jacob Copeland, it seemed like, you know, last year he came in and was inspiring to an extent. You know, he had 21 receptions, 273 yards, two touchdowns. You guys saw it. It, it, it appeared like he was one of the players who you're like, yeah, he's going to be ascending next year because obviously he has four guys ahead of him that are seniors and they're ready to roll and they're going to go into the NFL and you're going to need somebody else. But it doesn't appear like that sort of happened this year. And I'm not exactly sure if it's, his own doing if it's just how the ball has gone or if the Gators are specifically using other receivers more now we're probably going to get into this a little bit more later in this segment but there's a few guys on the roster who deserve the snaps too it's not as if Jacob Copeland is the only guy who's been showing out in practice or doing things that warrant some more snaps or more targets from Kyle Trask Sometimes that's just how it goes. But this is a guy that everybody thought he was going to be the guy or one of the guys along with Trayvon Grimes and maybe a little Kadarius Tony action. But it seemed like now they're kind of going a different direction. Is that right, Zach? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, with four receptions for 51 yards on the air, we were certainly expecting more. I mean, I've made comparisons for Copeland. He looked like a guy that could compare to Stephon Diggs in terms of his physical outlook, his athleticism, and his type of receiver. We've seen him as a guy that, you know, should develop into a really good route runner. He's a guy that can sink low into his routes uh, on occasion, at least. We wanted it to be more consistent. But we've seen him be able to do that. We've seen sharp footwork out of him from time to time. It's all a testament to, you know, his athleticism that, you know, made him such a special prospect. And it's just not all come together, at least. We've seen guys like Kadarius Toney really improve, make the improvements that we want to see Copeland do. We've seen guys like Trent Whittemore come and step out as a second-year player, in which case you know, there's the ball does go around within Florida's offense, but no one's going to get a lion's share of targets, and you got to make sure that you fight for yours. And so far, Copeland's not done it. And at that point, Demetrius, you know, he seems a little bit frustrated about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one thing for a guy like Jacob Copeland to come in and just not really do what he has to do. It has to be a little bit frustrating for him, especially because, you know, it seemed as though he probably thought this too, you know. He did a lot last year. He expected to play a major role. He knows how Billy Gonzalez is. He knows that he's going to be rotating guys left and right. So it, it's not as if he should have expected to get every single snap. But I do think that he expected to have more targets and more receptions than at least one other receiver besides a red, uh, besides a true freshman in Xavier Henderson. Right now, he only has four receptions. Xavier Henderson has two receptions, and the rest of the guys below Xavier Henderson and below Copeland are running backs and tight ends that are rarely used. Besides, of course, Kyle Pitts isn't a rarely used guy, and he has a bunch of receptions. But it's got to be a little bit frustrating. He's got, he sort of expressed his frustrations on Twitter. I think we saw the other day someone replied to him. I'm not sure exactly what it said. Zach, can you um, pull that tweet up or – if you have it up and ready. Yeah, that's right. He uh, he liked a tweet the other day. Someone said, leave UF and go be great. They really plan on your top. You'd assume that that reference is towards him just not getting much action so far. And he's up 14 and a half snaps compared to a year ago in terms of snaps per game on average. So... It's just, yeah, it's he's got the opportunities. They're just not, they're not coming his way, right? And 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 that has to be a little frustrating for him. You know, he is a redshirt sophomore at this time, so technically, if he had a crazy season, he could declare for the draft. So it, I'm not saying that he's going to transfer because you know he has been used in the first three games. It, it has only been three games, but we've seen his targets steadily drop down. You know, I believe last. The last game against Texas A&M, he only had one target, you know, and that was after having five in the first game with four receptions. And it's it's slowly gone down and down. And I'm not sure if it's specifically him or if it's Kyle just not looking his way. But, you know, he's obviously a little bit frustrated. He's liking tweets that are saying, you know, go somewhere else. (laughs) Get out of UF. Go to somewhere that will use you more. And... That's not something that you want to see from a redshirt sophomore wide receiver who has so many, you know, such high potential, such such great expectations, especially in a 10-game season where, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe next game he's going to be the star of the show. 
Yeah, maybe he needs that's that. something maybe. that they've talked about, that they could have someone go off just about any game. So maybe maybe we're just talking a little too early about it. But, you know, maybe. When, he's, when he's when Copeland's out here doing it himself on Twitter. It's like Le'Veon Bell in New York, and he was cut. Not that that's possible, obviously, but just just timing. Yeah, it's just it's just a timing thing, and perhaps perhaps you're right. Maybe we are talking about it a little bit too early, but he's talking about it. So it's one of those things where obviously we should at least touch on it. And and I think that you guys will see Jacob Copeland have a little bit of a bigger role moving forward, not necessarily because of his tweets or because of his attitude or because of anything that's done on his part verbally, but just because that's how the, the Gators offense works. Kadarius Tony goes off one day. Kyle Pitts goes off one day. Trent goes off one day. Trayvon Grimes. Goes, that, that's just how it works, and and that's and that's what we saw. That's what you guys saw last year, and I believe wholeheartedly that eventually Jacob Copeland's going to have a big game, and maybe all of this will just be put to rest. There's some freshmen we'd like to see have some big games, but first they need to see the field a little bit more. And as Florida looks to fix their defense, we suggest that they should see either an uptick or straight up any. Playing time. We'll talk about it when we come back. Alright guys, it's time to get real. I'm sick and tired of going to the storefronts, looking for a car part, and I can't find it. I don't care how many different cars there are in America right now, and no, I don't want to wait 10 business days to, for you to find my part either. I'm over it. That's why I've started to go on rockauto.com. I don't even have to leave my place. I can just log on, find my part, and get it. On top of having to wait forever at a store, they upcharge you upwards to 30, 50, maybe 100% more than rockauto.com. That's ridiculous. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write in locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. rockauto.com. Make your life easier. Make the storefront's life harder. Go get your stuff. RockAuto.com. What's up, everybody? This is Zach Goodall, host of the Locked On Gators podcast. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Whether it's work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues, or just an expectation in general to be on 24-7. Sometimes you need to just take a moment, turn off, hit reset. You need to chill. And that's when you reach for a Coors Light. Especially on game days, man. I'll tell you what, I can't really drink much during college football Saturdays, but on NFL Sundays, it's therapeutic for me, man, to sit down, drink a beer, and enjoy some football. And that's what I do. I'll reach for a Coors Light. It's the official beer of watching any sport, just to drink beer. It's mountain cold refreshment that's literally made to chill. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Coors Light is the beer I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com to get Coors Light delivered straight to your door. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Florida's defense, we've talked about it plenty. You've heard it. It's a broken record. It sucks. Uh, with that, we think, you know, at this point in a year where you can play freshmen and it's not going to hurt their eligibility, red shirts don't even matter in a year like this, 
why not get him on the field a little bit more? At least the ones that you are confident in. And they've started to roll some guys through. We've seen Gervon Dexter start to play a little bit more, for example. But I know I want to see someone in the secondary come out and play. Honestly, I'd be willing to see a couple guys in the secondary come out and start to play more. But I've got one in particular I want to see get an uptick. Demetrius, you see someone more down in the front seven that you want to see start playing in general. I'll let you lead it off. Go ahead. Yeah, I have one guy who I, I'm actually kind of surprised when I saw this, and, and I'll let you know in just a second, but but he's he's a kid who, you know, coming in as a freshman linebacker, he's supposed to be one of the top recruits for Christian Robinson's group. It, it He's supposed to be the future at linebacker for the Gators, and of course I'm talking about Derek Wingo. Why not play a guy like Wingo, who apparently is six foot one, two hundred thirty-three pounds? Now I was surprised. I don't know about you guys, because I remember when he came in. I believe he was around two fifteen, two ten, something like that. When when he first got signed, or you know, when he first was recruited, things like that in in high school. So he's already gained a lot of weight. He's the right now. He's the third largest linebacker in terms of weight on the team. Obviously. Brunson is 236, James Houston's 240, and they both look the part. But if you've got a guy like Wingo who is that big and that strong. And we know how athletic he is, too. I mean, that was his big thing coming out of high school. Right, right, exactly. He's he's an athletic freak. And now we're not exactly sure exactly how well he would do in coverage. But on first and second down, when the Gators need some help stopping the run, rushing the passer – He's shown plenty in high school that he can rush the passer. That that was his 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 uh, his breadwinner in high school. Mm-hmm. So if if he can be a guy that at least can play first and second down, just go get get downhill fast, kind of like how they're using James Houston. At least you have some fresh legs out there, and you're not running the same guys over and over again. Because you know the definition of insanity is running doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Results aren't happening. Before the games got postponed, Dan Mullen was talking about perhaps some personnel changes. Perhaps we're going to get somebody in. Now, you guys have seen this, and perhaps maybe Wingo is a guy that can do that. Now, I've kind of floated this idea, and I'm not sure how you feel about it, Zach, but Jeremiah Moon plays Buck, and he sometimes drops in coverage, and obviously he rushes the passer. Now, I'm not comparing them sides-wise because obviously Jeremiah Moon is a larger fellow than Derek Wingo in height and both weight. But what if you have him playing a little bit of that role, rushing the passer off the edge? Maybe not in important downs where you know that he would get washed out easily, but in like a pass rushing situation where he can either rush or he could drop back using his, his athleticism. He might give Amari Bernie some breaks on first and second down too. I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's a good idea, especially because he's put on that size. Um, like you mentioned, he got – he got after the passer in high school. He was praised for being such a smart prospect and has have a great football intelligence, both by Robinson and in the recruiting process as coaches at St. Thomas Aquinas because he originally played quarterback. Flipped over to defense halfway through his career and finished with 22 sacks and 24 tackles for loss or right around there. Regardless, you know whether it's the Beauchamp Joseph, James Houston type where he's shooting gaps, pass rushing or whatever, or... You know, I do like that idea. We saw him, I be, don't quote me on this, he either intercepted a pass or had a couple pass breakups in high school where he would, on occasion, drop back into coverage. And he looked fluid. He did look like a really good athlete. He's a tweener, which 
can scare you at some points, but with a guy like Wingo who just gets it and he's a good athlete, he's very strong. And again, you mentioned the size. He seems like he's got it all. He gets a lot of praise from his own coaches. I, I think that he's a great candidate to come and see the field. Yeah. And, and speaking of praise from coaches, Christian Robinson talked about this during the whatever offseason, whatever you want to call it. He was a guy that stayed up late studying. He called Christian Robinson in, in, in the middle of the night sometimes, he said, to ask him about a certain play. That's not typical from any sort of player on any level. They don't typically just up studying and let me call my position coach to make sure I'm doing it right especially in a time like this when you don't have to see him face-to-face. You can just go on Zoom and figure it all out. He really wants to get better, and he he has a, such a high football IQ that I don't – given the size, given the play on the field right now, given everything that we know about Wingo, I'm not exactly sure why he wouldn't be on the field. The only other reason would be perhaps injuries or, or, or if the coaching staff just simply have seen him in practice that, like, you know, he's not ready. But given everything else that we know about him, I think that it's worth a shot. Just throw him out there. If he's not good, he's not good. If he is, then great. You found somebody who can help your defense. Now, we do know that Derek Wingo was unavailable for the Texas A&M game. Um, so, obviously, he wouldn't he wouldn't have been able to make an impact then. But in the first two games and moving forward, especially because they have this bye week, yeah, I'm completely with you. He, he's someone that I want to see on the field more often. And another guy is Trevez Johnson. Now, He's been on the field a bit. PFF has him down for 17 snaps in general, a lot more of them against the pass. They credit him with allowing a couple of completions. Um, It's not something that I can necessarily remember off the top, but the bottom line is like they've got him down for playing almost three times the amount of pass down snaps as rundown snaps. I want to see him on rundowns playing star. He was recruited because he's such a good downhill player and, they like his coverage ability. They've talked about it, and he was an outside corner who could cover at Bartram Trail back in high school. But everyone knows this dude is a hitter. This dude is a guy that will blow plays up in the backfield. So I want to see him with their struggles at star, their struggles containing the edges, setting the edges against the run, coming down and making big plays that, you know, negative plays that can stall drives, which they've struggled doing. Even though Marco Wilson and Brad Stewart are more experienced. I think Trevez Johnson could give them a bit of a spark on early downs and maybe give him a bit of an expanded role. What do you think there, Demetrius? Yeah, I completely agree. And and it's it's simply because of how atrocious, I don't know how, how else to, to describe it, the secondary has looked over the first three weeks of the season. It just hasn't looked good. Marco Wilson has struggled, obviously, and I do feel as though his bounce back game is coming. I don't think that Marco Wilson is just a bad player. We've seen in the past that he's good. We talked about this. But I do agree with you in that there's no reason to not have a guy like Travez Johnson at least get in there just to see. Because there's nothing stopping you right now. Or there there I guess you you can't stop anyone right now with the personnel you have on the field. So why not just go with another guy? Just just put him out there. See what happens. If it doesn't work, it wasn't going to work anyways. That That's sort of my philosophy. That's my mentality, especially in this year when, you, like you said, they don't have any reasons eligibility-wise to not play these kids. They're having an extra year regardless. It doesn't matter. If they can play all the games, they can play none of the games. They're having an extra year. So there's no reason to, to not put them out there, and he could at least help in the run game. 
you know, maybe you put in Marco Wilson outside on first and second down, put Travis Johnson inside and then switch them up and have Jadon Hill. There's just so many different variations you can do. And if you're complaining about depth, if you're the Gators coaching staff, you have the depth. You just haven't been playing them that often. And I'm not exactly sure what, what else, where else you can go besides the freshmen. And ho- hopefully for you guys, they do start using them a little bit more. Yeah, it's, you know, of course you don't want to rush these freshmen in. But, again, the circumstances allow it. If you are worried about stunting their development by rushing them in, then what you should do in a year like this is just find what they're really good at and use them in those specific ways. Then you don't have to put them in situations where they're stressed out. You don't have to rush them too much. You don't have to overuse them. But you've got enough. They've gotten a lot of praise for their defensive recruiting in particular over the years since Mullen's gotten here. You know, you should be able to find specialized things that these guys can come in and do. Second-year players, you could say the same thing for, for Tyron Hopper and guys like that. Antoine Powell, if he's healthy, I would love to see him play in the buff role because I thought he was a gifted pass rusher who just dealt with injuries in high school. But guys like that, there should be some specialized things where you're absolutely right, Demetrius. They've got nothing to lose. (laughs) They really don't. (laughs) They really don't. And, and like you said, the, the the specialized plays, we've seen this before and plenty of – the NFL does this, the college does this, high school does this. There's, it's called packages. You have specific packages that you put players in and they play a specific one. They're re- really, really linear in terms of their assignment and they do that one thing. They don't have to think too much because they already know. They practice the same package over and over again in practice. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not as if there's – going to be too much on their plate. And I understand the stunting, the development phase, but we're not suggesting that these guys go out and be starters and play 80 snaps a game like they have been. Just put them in there and see and see what happens, and maybe they'll provide a spark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give them 10. They've done it with some guys. Like, Trevez has gotten, like, an average of 10 or so a game over the past two. Um, okay. But, I mean, in Gervon's seen more, but we want to see it more spread out. They've got the defenders. They can do it. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about the offense. We're going to be starting our positional breakdowns, and we're going to start a quarterback after these messages. All right, we're going to start our positional breakdown here. We're going position by position across the roster. We'll do one or two per show just as we go along through this bye period. And we're starting a quarterback, Kyle Trask. He's good. And that will just about do it for today's episode. <laughs> no, but seriously, he, he – I think I've, I'm a broken record here, but this guy really just impresses me because I didn't expect this at all. I don't think you guys really did. I, I understand that Gators fans, you guys have always been, oh, Kyle Trask is this, Kyle Trask. I, I seriously, seriously doubt that you expected this guy to come in and play and have 14 touchdowns and one interception through three weeks. I, I would I would bet anything that nobody expected that. And he's been phenomenal, simply put. 996 yards, 71.8 completion percentage. I mean... He's been a model of he's been a model of efficiency in comparison to last year. I mean, yeah, there are a the couple of small turnover worthy plays that have happened. They've also cut down from last year a lot more. And at the end of the day, the production has seen such a spike that you take those couple of plays now and then. At the end of the day, Florida's offense is not hurting them. It's not. And Trask is not a guy that's gonna go in and you're not going to be able to win with him. You know, this isn't a Georgia situation where, you know, Stetson, he probably wouldn't be able to carry the team. And we've seen that. So Kyle Trask is a guy that it, it, 
He's been playing very, very well. He's been able to spread the ball out. I believe his pocket presence has been one of the biggest improvements from last year. I thought that that was atrocious last year. I, I Every time there was a rusher anywhere near him, I was like, well, he's about to get sacked because he couldn't see him. And it seems like he's moving a lot better, a lot more fluid. I guess we'll find out as the weeks move on, as they play a little bit better defenses. I'm not sure if they're going to get that this year because SEC defenses are so bad, but I won't go on with that. I think that they're they're doing solid at quarterback. You know, obviously, that brings us to another guy eventually that we haven't really seen much of, and that's not all of his fault. It, you know, been a little bit of injuries or whatever's happening in that situation. But at least for now, Kyle Trask is the guy, and he's going to be in the in the game for ninety nine percent of the game, and maybe they're going to put in somebody else eventually just for little spot duties like they have been. Yeah, that's just the thing. Is Kyle's shown so much improvement that there should be no real pressure on him at this point. And we've wanted to see more out of Emory Jones this year coming in. I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording, just our projections. And we we're I was saying it. I thought there was a chance if there was a real spring camp that Emory could fight for more playing time, maybe force Dan to have to choose a guy. Like, we, Kyle was good last year. Emory was good last year in a limited role. He was viewed to be the future. He was Dan's first quarterback commit. Like, there was thoughts there could be a quarterback competition. In, you know, the circumstances, how they played out, not having a spring camp, such an unorthodox season, the way things worked out, Kyle came in and he has owned that position. He, he should feel no pressure from Emory. But at the end of the day, when Emory is healthy, because we, you know, we know he's not been available to play, we've seen the brace on his arm. Uh, it's, you know, we we will want to see what he can offer, especially if Florida by the end of the year does want to become a more consistent running team. Because, you know, we've mentioned it, and we're going to talk about it more in our next episode when we talk about the running backs. We've been impressed with what they've been able to do as a complementary piece. We want to see it become more balanced so they can extend drives. Emory certainly gives them the capability to go more 50-50 because they can get so much more unique with their running game. Right, and you've talked about this. You know, Maybe they have packages where a certain running back is on the field and Emory's supposed to be there, but since Emory's not there, they're not running the ball as much. I mean, there's so much you can do with a guy like him who – you know, last year he rushed 42 times for 256 yards. And that's probably taken out some some sack totals. I'm not sure exactly how, how they approach that. I don't know why they would take out yards, but they do. Four touchdowns, and it, it's just an interesting dynamic when you have a guy like Emory Jones, and you don't know if he's going to run. You don't know if he's going to pass. He did a great job passing last year, too. 25 out of 38, 276, or 267 yards for and three touchdowns. Sure, this year he threw one interception. You know, that happens. Sometimes you just throw one up there and it doesn't, doesn't land where you want it to go. But that might have been – I could be wrong, but I believe that was his first career turnover. I'm not exactly sure about that, but it was definitely his first career interception. So I, I don't remember any other fumbles. Granted, I was not here his freshman year, but last year there weren't any. Sure, exactly. So it's like why – or not why, but when he does come back, how – Will he be used? Probably in a similar role. And like Zach said earlier, everybody, I mean, you'd be lying again if if you thought that you didn't think this spring was going to be at least a little bit of a competition. I mean, the freaking head coach said it was going to be a little bit of a competition. Now, maybe that's just the head coach 
having coach speak and saying there's competition at, at every position. I understand that. But if, if Emory Jones came in in the spring and they had a normal spring and he lit it up and Kyle Trask looked just okay, then who knows what would have happened. During the first scrimmage, Dan Mullen straight up said that Kyle Trask didn't. I mean, he looked good, but he wanted to see a little bit more out of him. So who knows what would happen in the several months that transpired before that. And I think that everybody, you guys definitely want to see some Emory Jones action. And I think that hopefully with this kind of weird by whatever period that we're in right now, maybe he'll be able to be available for the next game against Missouri or whenever they play next. And I think everybody's excited to see what they can do on offense with that in the game. And with that, we'll wrap up pretty quickly. Anthony Richardson, they, they talk about wanting to get him on the field and we figured maybe he'd be able to come in and replace Emory. So far that hasn't happened. We want to see freshmen coming out and play. And you know, maybe they will if they're, whooping a team like Vanderbilt by the end of the year, and they really feel comfortable with him. But considering it's been two games where Emery's not one game where he truly was unavailable and the first game where he was rumored to be unavailable, we knew he wasn't available. It just, it's not happened yet. You'd figure maybe there would be a chance where they could do it just for using him as a runner. So my expectations are low. I don't think it'll end up happening, especially if Emery's back until it's, you know, a blowout game like we've seen with Vanderbilt in the past. Yeah, Zach, I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I feel as though Anthony Richardson's a guy that he can come in and kind of play that Emory Jones role even maybe a little bit better because he can do that power r- rushing game. Maybe he'll get that third and one that Kyle Trask might struggle on because he's not as quick or athletic. It'll be interesting to see. You know, Dan Mullins floated the idea of having three quarterbacks on the field. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with that. But I, I, I want to see, as a fan of football, I just want to see something exciting, and I think that Andrew, Anthony Richardson would provide that, and I'm sure you guys do too. Yeah, you mentioned it, power football. I mean, they listed him on the roster, I think it's 6'4", 234, right around that range. A lot bigger compared to a 6'4", 207 frame as a senior at East Side. So you're absolutely right. They could use him as a power rusher. They could use him as a tight end in a three-quarterback set if we're being real, and so could Kyle. Like, I mean, talk about Let's do it. Dan Mullen could have a lot of fun with these guys. I truly think so when they're all healthy. But we'll just have to see. That uh, that should just we, – we should try and have fun with each of our segments where we're recapping positions, just try and think of unique ways to get guys on the field. Yep. Yeah. We'll stick around for those. We're going to be talking about the running backs, maybe some pass catchers tomorrow as well as just more roster breakdowns and more assessment through three games for the Florida Gators. Until then, we are Locked On Gators. Make sure to follow us at Locked On Gators, at Zach underscore Goodall, and at Demetrius82. And subscribe to anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Uh, you can listen to us. Just look up Locked On Gators. Subscribe, leave a rating and review, and we'll catch up with you guys next time.